It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. Say what's up. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome into episode number one of Jobbing Out. Episode number one. Anyone. One world title reign for Braun Strowman, which would have been ah, unthinkable a that's, few years ago. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. Anybody else? The number of... Is it something about AEW? It is, actually. I don't know. Oh, all right. It's the number of singles matches that Cody Rhodes has lost since last August. <laughs> One. And it allows me to open the show by saying, Brandon, how fucking stupid are you? Yeah. Yeah. How insanely stupid are you? And I that was really what I wanted to get to. That was really the point of me doing this exercise. We'll talk about it more in a little bit. We'll talk about it more here in a bit. All right, it is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton with you. Uh, AJ will not be joining us this week. Uh, an import, I, I can't really, I guess I can't say anything. I don't want to have to redact myself later. I don't want to create more work. He cannot join us this week, but uh, it's pretty cool what he's doing. So um, I'll just leave it at that, and we will go from there. Instead, <laughs> it's an awkward transition. Instead, Matt Cardona joins us this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's awkward, Glenn. Uh, no reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Matt Cardona. Not as much as Brandon does, but I love Matt Cardona. Um, I'm excited about chatting with him. Uh, he's coming to Jimmy's next weekend. And yes, there's some things about... There, there, there was a path crossing where the paths never really crossed, but they sort of crossed between he and AJ because, you know, what Matt Cardona's into, not that dissimilar to what AJ is doing on television. So we'll just leave it at that. But uh, Matt Cardona is going to join us, of course, the former Zack Ryder, a little bit later on in the show. Um, do you want to lead with the releases or do you want to lead with AEW? You tell me. Let's lead with the releases. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to be the guy that, like, I, I, let, if you want to say something significant about it, I'm going to lead with that because I'm going to be the guy that poo-poos the whole thing. So if you've got something significant to say about this crop of releases, then I'll let you start before I throw cold water on it. Significant in what way? I, something um, uh, anger towards I, WWE, like, something that... No anger, but I, I think we do have to note that this is pretty different from the previous releases I in disagree. the past few I years. I disagree with that. Braun Strowman, the guy who was, by the way, the fifth highest paid person among all regular superstars. Yep. Probably part of the reason. Yep. Wait, no, and I'm saying that's the reason. But also, those guys don't get released in these. This is the first guy, a guy of that level, 
has gotten released in these, you know, mass layoffs. Well, a, a, a guy of that level that was like an active performer, sure. Yeah, well, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, like, that's what I'm saying. An active right. performer. And, and I don't know if this list is true, but if it's true, as far as active performers, not counting Brock and Goldberg and Triple H and the McMahons, he was the fifth highest active, uh, mo- most paid active wrestler in 2020. So I'm the only surprise I have related to Braun Strowman is that he's – He's a big deal with kids. Um, kids recognize him. Kids care about him. You know, he's he is a, a larger than life superhero figure to kids, and they could have presumably settled him into that role for a decade, where he just became Kane, where he just became. You know, we we talked a lot about the Big Show comparisons on this show over the years, and it's why, from a wrestling standpoint. This is a nothing to me. It's not no fault of Braun Strowman's, but WWE Big showed him some time ago. They they yes. they they made him nothing other than guy that's around that we can we don't really have plans for. He doesn't really matter to us, but he's always around and we can always throw him in and he can just be big and we can pretend like he matters. It was very clear he was never going to matter more than some of those guys. Now, as we pointed out, even when we made the Big Show comparisons, we'd always say, being the Big Show ain't a bad thing. Like, they had a wonderful career. 12-year on top, you know, near the top of the company when he wanted to, when they wanted to put him on top of the company. Correct. So there was nothing wrong with that being the case. But Braun Strowman, it was pretty clear, they didn't think more than that of. Um, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall whenever he got the title the way he got the title, right? Like... Well, the writing was on the wall two years before that when they didn't put the title on him in 2018. Well, when well he was sure. the hottest thing in wrestling. Yep. But then even when they did, it's still, you knew what that was. You know what I mean? Like, even when they finally gave him the belt, it was literally because somebody but, refused to participate. But that was, there was, to me, there was nothing wrong with that being his lot in life, right? Like, right. that's that's sort of he, what I kept he saying. He never would have won the title unless he had that situation. You know, this Wait, thing. Which is, we can talk about how insane that is. But. Um, yeah, we can. I don't, you know, it's. He he was in 2018. We oh, were on this was, show talking about how he could be. Oh, we like, 100. And again, we we very much use the term. We think that he they believe more in him than the Big Show. We definitely were of that opinion. Well, no, I, we were of the opinion of if you ride this thing out, he can be the top guy in the business. We had that. said that. We had agreed on that. I mean, I get maybe maybe I remember that. I don't know. I feels like hyperbole thinking back on that now. Um, well, I don't, I'm thinking back on it now, but at the time, but I, but I, I don't, I just, like, I'm, I'm really struggling with me saying that he could be the top guy you, in the business. You, yeah, I don't we, think it, like, I, well, you, this would have been before you, you were on, Brandon, I think, oh, but okay. like this, like we, we had this agreement that we were just like, oh, this I definitely, guy could be I, it. I thought he was a star for sure, but I, again, I'm struggling with top guy because for what it's worth, it was never like he was a great wrestler or he was particularly good on the mic. He just had a look that was so different. And he was a fine wrestler. I'm not trying to shit on him as a wrestler. He I was mean, a fine the, the, wrestler. Plus, the evidence would suggest that they never are able to figure out a guy of that size at that level. Yeah, and, and that was always the thing. But, like, yeah. again, in that, you know, 2018 range, he was as hot as He was extraordinarily the hot. Planet. There's no question about that. He was extraordinarily hot. Um, Let me throw my little take in here yeah. about the releases in general. I think there's two different thoughts. There's one thought is, was it shocking a little bit? But is it surprising? No. Does that make sense? Like, I was shocked at this moment that they released him and Alistair Black considering 
I mean, I guess Braun's not really doing anything currently, but Alistair Black was. And, and I mean, Braun but, did just main event the last pay-per-view. Right. But separately from that, are these people expendable? Absolutely. Are they necessary to the program? Absolutely not. And so in that sense, it's not surprising to see this list of people. I just think the timing of it was a little... It was like surprising for it initially to be like, oh, they just did that. But as far as like, if you asked me two weeks ago, do you think WWE would ever release him? I'd say, I mean, like, he's not in that category of like, untouchable. Like, Roman Reigns is untouchable, right? I mean, I, I think one of the things is uh, like that category like if they of Seth Rollins. Yeah, right. There's just like four people in that category. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I may, maybe no, probably more because I, I wasn't no, counting more. The Usos. Yeah, Seth but but, but, but I, I, I don't I don't think the Usos are untouchable. I think they are at the they moment. Feel pretty goddamn yeah, untouchable. I think at the well, moment okay, they're okay, untouchable. If you want to say in the moment, I'm just saying overall. But like, if I'm saying there is no world where they'll release the Usos. Well, okay, but I, but it, but you could say that about literally anyone, right? Like even even with all due respect to Roman Reigns. Never see them releasing Roman Reigns. Okay, you said that, but one day down the road, one day down the road, when Roman Reigns is a part-time performer and and doesn't care anymore, and they like, there's no one that's ever in that I mean right now is it is he more surprising than someone else yes absolutely am I stunned no I'm not stunned and I don't think the only part about it that I think is a real loss for the WWE isn't I'm not, I, I, this comes off as me uh, like shitting on Braun Strowman I I think there are a lot of people like Braun Strowman that look like Braun Strowman that could be Braun Strowman for WWE, right? Like, I think they can find another really big dude to be that guy. But this one particularly clicked with kids. It particularly clicked. He was over with kids. Kids liked seeing someone that looked like him. They liked thinking that he was something more than human. And he, in the same way that kids always love Kane... You could have done this with Braun Strowman eternally. Now, how much does this speak to whatever, you know, how shows are going to look like again and them just not thinking that it matters as much about having people that are over with kids because they are never intending to do another Sunday afternoon show ever again in the history of WWE? I don't know. I don't know if that's a thought process. I don't know about the other stuff that we don't know about, which is just as simple as, to your point, Aaron, it kind of didn't, they had to release someone that was making a certain amount of money. Like, it really just came to, here are the guys that make this amount of money. One of them is going to have to go. And this was just the guy on that list that they didn't want to. They were reluctant about doing it. But they were just simply making too much money for whatever the issue is that they're having financially. I don't know. But I'm... It also speaks to, like, he could be someone who resigns next week. That they, now, they're playing chicken on the yeah, money. Maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't know enough about that to know. I would say from a wrestling. I'm just saying, like, it could, like if they did it for if they did it for when the I, people they did it for. When I compare know. this to Miro, I, that's a far bigger miss to me than Braun Strowman is because Miro checked every box. I mean, Miro was a wrestler. He had the look. He was unbelievable on the mic. He was incredibly over with all fans. He was everything. Braun Strowman is a guy that had a specific look that they pushed for a little while, and we thought that meant something. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it was very clear he was never over in a way that the casual re- or the um, the more heart- ardent wrestling fan was going to desperately care about Braun Strowman. That was never going to be the case. Um, he could fill a role for them, and I, 
I, I like Braun Strowman enough, but there was never anything about him for me to fully embrace as being like, this is why he's my favorite professional wrestler. I, I'm going to disagree. Well, not disagree. I'm going to kind of amend your saying. Miro is obviously the better overall performer. We all love Miro. We all love Miro for a reason. If you told me they were going to push one and and one gets to the stars, I would have. But those are two different conversations. Those are two different conversations. Yeah, right, 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 right. And that's just to me. So if you're saying like big bigger misses, I think Miro's a bigger miss, but this might be a more surprising miss. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know. Miro might be the biggest miss in professional wrestling history. Like it's there. There is no one that did everything you could possibly want. And ne- he never even got a title. Braun Strowman at least got a title, right? Like, this th- that's the biggest miss ever. This is a, you know, he certainly had the look. There's no doubt. And he was helpful for them at times. But he was never someone that I tuned outside of the, 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 the real feats of strength era. The feats of strength era, I was tuning in to see what crazy batshit thing Braun Strowman, Strowman was going to do next. Once that was over, once they weren't doing Insano Braun Strowman's going to, you know, try to tear down a building, there was not a time in which I was watching the show to see what Braun Strowman was going to do. That was the only time where I felt that way. Like when he came out of the dumpster with the Miz. Was yeah, I mean, him? yeah, yeah, that type of stuff. That type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I said last week, so I'm the wrong. I'm just the wrong person to talk to you about Aleister Black. I I never got it. I never saw it. I never understood the obsession with Aleister Black. I thought he was he was different, and I didn't know if different was. Um, uh, Brandon, are you obsessed with Radiohead the way that some people are obsessed with Radiohead? No. Okay, this is how I. Braun, yeah, uh, Aleister I Black to me is like Radiohead <laughs> because they're so different. Everyone conflates that with being really good. When the truth is that there's a lot of Radiohead music that is just fucking noise and nothing more than that. Now, there's some really good music, you know, like you can find it if you keep looking, but Radiohead fans treat every Radiohead album as it's this fucking gift that was given to the world. And a lot of them you turn on and you're like, nope, this is just noise and nothing more than that. But it's so different that you've allowed yourself to think that that means it's really good. And that was the Aleister Black thing for me. He was different. He had a different look. He looked kind of unique. He was doing some different things. But there was never anything to me that made him say, nope, this is why he stands out. I never thought he was all that good on the mic. I thought he was a good wrestler. But, you know, again, and an in an era of NXT where he was wrestling with the guys that he was wrestling with, he never stood out to me as being a particularly better wrestler than anyone else was. He was he was good. I'm not trying to say he wasn't good, but think about who we're talking about. Think about that era of, did I ever think he was better than Tommaso Ciampa? No fucking way. Like, not at all. Not a chance. I'm the wrong guy to... Is it weird that he was sort of getting pushed again and then... All of a sudden, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Like that's it's, that's the weird. Yeah. That's the weird part. We're, Not only was he being pushed again, he was being pushed in like main event segments on SmackDown. Yeah, but, well, but pushed that's, again, and they, you know, he had asked to go back to NXT, and he said no because we need you on the main roster for seven <laughs> months now or whatever. Like they clearly wanted him, and then they didn't want him. Do you think this is another guy that they were? It's a like he was making more money than you would think he was making, kind of thing. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know I why no that would be the case. Basis on his contract. Yeah. So. Like the rumor was, they're bringing his wife back. Like that's, yeah. This well, but 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 then they didn't. That. Like that was the rumor a while ago, but then she never actually resigned. And 
Well, and there, there was talk that she ago. was never. I mean, it, was like, it was like a month yeah, ago. Actually... Like a month ago. No. Yeah. No, it started. No, they they were they were still there, but it started like a month ago. She showed it started, up. Started, the... but then there's like more info coming through. Like they expected her to be involved with this with this storyline and all this other stuff. I, I don't they know. Ex- I don't know. Anyway, it's all weird. It's... I think. I think it's. I think the the thing to take away from it is that the timing of it, it, it what does that mean is because because it seems like they were putting someone in a main segment on Friday that is now no longer with the company it does not seem like they knew Friday that he was not going to be with the company anymore it, it... Go ahead. Well, they question. Uh, well, we don't know, and right? and I, you know, okay, we're we're dancing around it a little bit with the, you know, upheaval on the other side of the company, the business side, with bringing in Jamie Horowitz this week, which is a a very strange hire for WWE. Um, you know, what, is this what, something wait, where the ex- business side what, is going to? Can you elaborate on that? Because I don't, I don't know what that means. Like, so I, J- Jamie Horowitz was uh, head of ESPN. He then went over to Fox okay. Sports One. He is the guy who's. He, he, you know, his his main credit to his name is he kind of invented this new form. He, he basically invented Skip Bayless. Yeah. He he pushed Skip Bayless in the way, created the you know that sort of thing, and and he's he's known as a content producer. And then that's I think what is that VP of digital content or whatever is his title. I can't remember exactly what it is on WWE, but it's an interesting. It's a very interesting hire. And if we're saying that, you know, if we look at these other firings and consolidations on the business side, what exactly is going on there? Whether or not it's a sale, you know, we have no way of knowing whether or not it's, you know, they're they're gearing up. But it does seem like to some extent they are reformatting things at the very least. And so is this part of that, whether it's cut down again for a sale or cut down because we're figuring out different ways to run this business and the business side is going to have much more say on the creative side, I think is, you know, it's worth noticing. That's for sure. Okay. I mean, I, I, this is the part that I got to be honest with you. I, I, it does not interest me much. I'm, and I'm just being straight up about it. This side of this does not interest me all that much. Um, so I'm I'm the wrong person to try to speculate or go too far into well, it. The only part that interests me is that you did a show on Friday that well, had I mean, a I, guy on. Right, I I get it, but th- and he no longer works at the company as of what Tuesday but or bi- whatever businesses day that operate was. that. The last time I got fired, I I you know like a week before that, there were real plans about what we were doing. I mean, like that shit happens in business sometimes, and and yeah, but th- it doesn't typically happen for them that way. Like typically, the people they cut are people that are like. Either they're, if they're on TV, they're doing something really unimportant, or they're not on TV at all. You know, like I, I don't think I think there's and, and rare that's why cases. This, this this wave is a little bit different than the yeah. others. There's rare cases where you have someone that literally worked a main event, uh, the pay per view, and no longer has a job within two weeks, unless it was literally like planned on the way out, like 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 a Moxley or whatever situation. But like. Where a guy's literally getting carpet pulled out from under his feet, this is kind of unique, I think. You know, but that's without knowing if there was some deal behind. You know, if he didn't want to be there anymore, like we don't know any of that stuff. Nobody's really disclosing any of that. No, and that's and and that's why I kind of don't care for speculating on it. You know sure. what I mean? Like I just think that sometimes things happen from a business perspective that suck. It's just the way that it goes. But 
it's like working in corporate radio. Like it's it's working for a number of big. It's like working are, for anything. Yeah. Yeah. There are just yeah. times when things happen, and there's no rhyme or reason. There's no real explanation other than um, I have tasked you with clearing this amount of money, and that's that you have to clear it this week. That's the way that this goes. You have to clear this amount of money. We have to be on with it. We have to go do something else. And it doesn't matter what your plans were. It doesn't matter what your plans are. You have no choice but to comply and move forward or else you're going to be out of a job too. Um, so I, I don't think there's a bigger takeaway. I know a lot of people are trying to pass. This, this is what happens when it looks like you're about to sell. I, I mean, come on, man. Like, come on. You know, the WWE would sell at any point if somebody wanted to offer an, a, an ungodly amount of money. I, a lot of people made the comparison to what Dana White sold the UFC for. It, anybody would sell anything if you're offered billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of dollars for it. Reading into any of these things as though it's proof that Vince McMahon is trying to sell WWE. This is business. This is how business works. Sometimes you have to make unfortunate decisions or tough decisions or decisions that don't make a whole lot of sense. And that's capitalism, man. I'm not telling you that it's cool. I'm not telling you that, like, yay, capitalism. I'm just saying that's... we. You, you've got to be living under a rock to not know how these things work sometimes. There can be no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. But but at the same time, I do think it is worth pointing out that, you know, yes, that's how capitalism works. Yes, that's how businesses work. But it's pretty much never how WWE has worked. WWE has never fired the 1.5 million guy who is regularly on television. Like, it doesn't – it hasn't happened. Unless, unless it was for cause. In the past, I mean, you know, right, like right, right, Ultimate right. Warrior, like for, people like that. But they also haven't been in. They have also haven't been coming off a year where they haven't been able to do a show in front of anyone before, man. But like your record profits too. The, okay, but some of that, we all of these things mean about as much as the words that they say, and then the next week they don't really mean anything. We, uh, of course, it is. But I, to to say that this is exactly the same as how business runs, is it is not though. True you based know, on how th- WWE has been run. You're based. It is how business runs. You're saying it's not something WWE has done, as if yes. you're ignoring all of the other factors that are in play here. Like, the notion that that means that when someone is making a million and a half dollars or whatever the F it is, that you can just say, well, it's a justifiable expense, and no one can ever come in and say, this is what this guy's actually bringing in for us. This is what you're paying him. Can we keep doing this? And you have to answer to that. That shit happens in business. Absolutely, it does. And and by the way, I I don't disagree. I, if by the way, if Braun Strowman's making two, you know, close to two million dollars a year, I can almost guarantee you he's not bringing in close to two million dollars a year, and it makes absolute sense. But it's never been really a question that WWE has asked or at least answered this way before. Well, so th- I, it, it, this is going further down the yeah, road. Yeah, boy, I really, I am so, so uninterested in this. I just want to mention it briefly, and then we can move on. You also have to take into account what the implication of him making that could be on other people and I mean, that sure. could create a whole other thing. When you have someone like Jay Uso, who's literally been in the main event and I guarantee you, isn't making anywhere near what he's like. These are the kinds of things. I, if I, there are I, people they're elevating. I understand. They don't want to create that expectation. These guys now have agents. Uh, right? there's a, well, like, some of them do. Some this of is them a new do, day. Yeah. I mean, but, they do. I've read about who they are. Not not everybody, like, but not everybody does. Not everybody does. But a lot of them have agents right. now. 
There and is particularly at that level. Yeah, and sure, of once course. you have an agent, everybody knows what everybody well, else but, is making. And but it's also it becomes, about like a lot of those guys are talent ages, not specifically professional wrestling agents. They're they're right, they're, saying, they're William Morris types. That's how the word gets more right. out about of, of, what oh this guy's making that. Of they course, share of course. Information. Look, I, we we are spitballing about business things. We have no idea what we're talking about just for Correct. the sake of doing it. Yes. I'm talking. I, I and I just don't think it's that interesting. Ultimately, I'm saying that to me. By the way, I don't know how good the product was before. I don't think it's that different next week. And I'm not saying that to try to shit on these guys. It's just that to me there is a far there is a far bigger difference if, for example, Brandon, they lost the Usos this week. They would be a far worse product to me than they are losing Braun Strowman. And it's not to say that Braun Strowman didn't do something or you know wasn't a part of this. He just never was the thing at, in the post. Watch Braun Strowman perform feats, perform feats of strength. And maybe the answer is they should have just always done that with Braun Strowman eternally. But it never was the thing after that that I was tuning in to see. And so that's why all of this is kind of a, it's a bummer. It sucks for these people. I feel for them terribly. You know, like it sucks. It, it always sucks to lose your job forever. It will, there, you know, even though Braun Strowman's going to be just fine, he can do movies, he can do whatever he wants to do. He looks like... Yeah, not not a lot of people look like him, so he will be just fine. If he wants to go to AEW, he'll go to AEW. Whatever will happen, will happen. It still sucks to lose your job and to lose whatever stability you had. So I feel for them, but the over the pretending like this is a dark day in WWE history. Like I just, we it's just hyperbole for the sake of hyperbole. Like we just feel the need to overreact to everything that happens. As if it's the end of the world, when sometimes it's just, ah, that's surprising. Okay, yeah. moving on now. I, exactly. I got a far bigger problem with doing Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley again in the yeah. main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah. That to me is a, a far more troubling situation than than. And it, God, it, it sounds so. I, there's no way for me to say these things without sounding like I'm just shitting all over Braun Strowman, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I don't mean for that to be the case. So let's it's, move it's more forward. impactful for your life to have to watch more Drew McIntyre versus It just Bobby makes Lashley me not then. want to tune in the Raw. Like I just don't I it is it was a chore, man. It was just a, it was a chore. And I think it's going to as I said, I think it's going to continue to be a chore until fans are back. I just think that's the reality of it at this point. I don't think they can solve the yep. problem. Um, Thankfully that's a month and a half. Right. So well, it's going to be a, six weeks of a chore, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just it's particularly on Raw. Smackdown I don't feel that way about. But Raw is a goddamn chore. I mean, it is. I I have so little interest in watching Raw at this point. There is just not. RK Bro. That's why I watch Raw. That's about it. I mean, like, that's about what I got going for. But that's enough for me to watch, too. (laughs) That's the sad part. It's like, that's enough. Eh. But once their segment is over and there's like another hour in the show, I'm like, God damn it. It is tough, man. (laughs) It is really tough. It's really tough. By the way, uh, my favorite comment that I saw about the. the releases somebody you know everybody of course the second anything like this happens says well alistair black will be in aw immediately lana but but all these people right and somebody said guys listen not everyone can get signed by aew and i I believe it was mark madden that said want to bet i mean (laughs) i i I will say this by the way because we haven't talked about her yet if i'm aew my first call isn't to braun or to alistair it's a ruby riot because i think ruby riot is like is both both as a talent and like as a coach 
can actually, I think, make a tangible impact. Yeah, on that you know, and 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 throw in the fact that you know, like of of them, she's probably not going to cost you all that much. You know, it would make a lot of lot of sense. And I I like Ruby Riot. You know, I think it's a bummer that she never really found traction. I I always did like Ruby Riot, no doubt. Somebody suggested Alistair Black as the leader of the Dark Order, which I don't mm. know. I mean, Maybe. It, what are what what are you doing with the dark? I mean, Dark Horde is a comedy group now. You're not putting <laughs> Alistair Black in a comedy. I'm, I'm kind of just not interested in the Dark Horde, unfortunately. Like, I'm just sort of. I, I, well, I'm so actually what, the, the thing in I suggested Horde. said that basically he comes in, goes over John Silver, and turns them back into what they were or whatever. But anyway, sure. Sure. I, I think it just goes to the point of like I don't think I think I don't think that's the solution for all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Mark Madden's comment is funny because, like, basically he's suggesting that they'll just sign a whole shitload of people, and I think we all agree that that is that is what they've been doing. Yep. Um, and it and it unfortunately is continuing because now they've got two more shows or whatever to not put people on. Yep. So. Yep. All right, let's go to the let's go to Double or Nothing then. Let's go from yeah. there, and we'll come back to WWE. Um, I. <laughs> oh, boy. There, there's a few there's a few things here hold on none of you can see this but seeing glenn's reaction yeah. before he even was uh, trying to say something is really funny and telling about the um, about what is about to come out there's there's a couple of things here right like there was there was some good um I thought the, the you know, like in the world where like the Britt Baker thing was going to happen, and so you know judging it by that standard, I I thought they they put on a really good match. I think the the thing on Friday night was like to to do that Friday night just to turn around and have Sheeta lose two days later was that was that was kind of a bit much. It was almost like I'm we're, we're trying to make up for the fact that you never really got to be the champion. You know, like we want to make it yeah. seem like it was a big deal, despite the fact that you never really were a big deal. I thought that was that was a bit much, but the match itself, you know, acknowledging and the crowd reaction, yeah, and, and, and that was actually, you know, I think, a lot of the stuff that was kind of meh was elevated a little bit by the crowd. You know, just a, just a reminder. Well, I would go the the op the other the other way on one thing. It 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 really was it it kicked the shit out of Stadium Stampede. It oh, was yes. horrendous yeah. that they tried to bring that back into the fucking arena. Like it almost it almost makes it so. This is the sad part, right? Stadium Stampede was definitely my favorite thing that AEW had done. I thought it was tremendous. And they'll say, well, you know, we got what we really wanted to get out of it, which was. We got a minor amount of pop culture relevance out of Urban Meyer. Th th this thing we do where we got pretend like, but we, where we pretend like that means that it's it's extraordinarily relevant is is from a that's that's a relic of a bygone era. Once upon a time, it was a really fucking big deal if you got something on Sports Center. Anymore, the number of I, I have had multiple calls that have ended up on Sports Center. Let me tell you how much it's done for my career. <laughs> it's just not that big of a deal that we make it out to be any longer. It's the people that want it to be a big deal that say it's a big deal. Now, it got some traction, and, you know, it, it was the worst. I, I, I did enjoy all of the, like, Warren Sharp types trying to read the, the uh, whiteboard. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it got a funny. little bit, and so that didn't hurt. But from a wrestling standpoint, it was oh, horrendous yeah. that they tried to bring that into the arena. I mean, it was... The absolute they didn't try to. They well, they, did. right, but that's they the point. The like it was, it was, and it made it this thing that should be larger than life 
became extraordinarily forgettable because they were so obsessed with the idea of we have to incorporate it in front of the crowd as if the crowd hadn't gotten an entire fucking night of wrestling already they had paid money for and they couldn't just say, hey, this one, sorry, we're not going to do it here because we decided we're doing Stadium Stampede. Um, that was a massive miss to me. Yeah, and it, It's and unfortunate it, because it should have been this big moment for Sammy. And it wasn't. Well, but they also didn't let. And they also botched that on commentary. They should have, like, whether or not they should have had it in the ring, once they got to it, they should have been hyping up that, you know, this is Sammy, the guy who left the inner circle, coming back now, saving. Well, and they also made it. That should have been the story. Well, not just. Well, and they. Hang on. They also, the way they did it was so blase. It wasn't like they should have made. He should have been crawling out of the ashes to like Correct. win the match, not just like wrestling. They just had a wrestling the match. Ring. They just Sean had a fucking. Re- fucking Who gives a shit about Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears having a wrestling match? Not Who, no one. There is no world in which that was they, something they that I was interested the, they in. Go off the second deck. Okay, we can talk. Yeah, I mean, about something, it. right? Like that. Nobody wanted to see Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara have a wrestling match in the ring, and it was it was it was such a wet turd at that point. And by the way, even at least if it's, you know, um, Sammy Guevara and MJF having a wrestling match, then it's something, right? Like, it's still, we can talk about whether or not it was smart to do it in the ring. At least it's something at that point. Sammy Guevara pinning Sean Spears in a wrestling match was a massive nothing. I mean, it could not have been less interesting at that point. It's very clear to me that, you know, they were just protecting Jericho and MJF because they want to do do that that match. But but you can still, you can have Sammy Guevara pin MJF without it. It's still not Chris Jericho, right? Like, that doesn't give Chris Jericho a win over MJF. That still makes Chris Jericho MJF a big deal. If the point of the story was, we've decided this needs to be about Sammy, right? Like, if the point of all of this is, we need to elevate Sammy. Well, they need to elevate him. And fucking having him pin Sean Spears does jack shit to elevate him. It could not think, be less I think interesting. It wouldn't have mattered as much who he pinned if it was done a different way. Maybe. Like if, it, if it was done in a way where, like, basically, again, like, this is for descriptive purposes only, but basically, both teams are just a right. complete disaster. Like,. Everyone's and it's the last ounce of everyone. energy that someone has is Sammy Guevara yes. getting a pin. That, it's a and different story. You actually yes. make him a savior. This was not yeah. that. Right. This was I mean, just two guys was, two guys ending up in a ring together to have a wrestling match. It was... It was. I couldn't fucking believe they did that. I mean, I kept thinking, there's got to be something happening here. Yeah. This cannot be I, it. Like, I, I get the idea behind wanting that big pop. But again, you, you have to do it bigger. You have to have them go off the balcony. Something. You have to have them do something along those lines that isn't a wrestling match it was just a wrestling match that's all it was it was just a common dynamite wrestling match that happened to end a pay-per-view um it, it, and it and it oh man i don't know it that that was i i couldn't uh, shake I'll my head anymore say, about it i i mean i think even before it while it certainly wasn't bad it, it wasn't anywhere on last year's no it, it, sure. it definitely like, like, I, I think the stadium stampede is between the people who were involved last year and the idea that we were looking for something, you know, going into the pandemic between the fact that, you know, you didn't have a crowd, like the same stampede might end up being a relic of the pandemic. Era. Maybe. Yes. And, and maybe that's the answer is that you can't redo it. Right. But I, I it's two things. I think you could have, I think you could have absolutely done it. It just needed to be at a time where you weren't focused on the crowd. 
they, they prioritized the crowd being what mattered, and that killed the idea of Stadium Stampede being what mattered the most. There is so much to... And again, part of it might be that the pinnacle is just not hitting. It's just There's just nothing there. There's nothing there. There, there wasn't anything there to begin with. I tried telling everybody it. Everybody being excited about MJF having a faction was... It was it, there was never anything to it. They have not... They've never made Wardlow matter. The FTR has been neutered to this point. They are... They are as irrelevant as you could possibly be. And and Sean Spears was always irrelevant, right? Like they just never and 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 it just never hit. It never we I'm not interested in the pinnacle. I'm I don't really care about the pinnacle getting their comeuppance. You know, like it just they haven't made me dislike them enough. Um I don't know, dude. It just it was it was so flat. It was so uninteresting and and I it didn't have to be. It really did not have to be. And that's the bummer about it. Um, it's certainly not the worst thing that happened on Sunday night, though. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> that's not the case whatsoever. The, I mean, as far as some of the other things that occurred, you know, I, the, the 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 title match was so irrelevant to begin with that I, it's hard for me to judge it. Right by by the, the standard of irrelevancy, it was fine. You know what I mean? Like it was fine, but, but does this I, create like an Orange Cassidy problem now? Yeah, I mean, I, and that's kind of what I. Am curious about, and I was having conversations with other people because the way they built that. I mean, first of all, like it's very painfully obvious that should have been Kenny versus Orange Cassidy because the one part that you could <laughs> say, even with the irrelevancy, that you could really get, yeah, like Orange's comeback was great. It drew me into the match, even though I knew what was going to happen. But like that whole part was really, really good and really well done. And now you kind of need to figure out what you're doing with Orange Cassidy. But of course, we said that after, you know. I said that when we were making the predictions on All Out when he was about to face Jericho, that you better have a plan for Orange Cassidy, otherwise he shouldn't go over Jericho. Went over Jericho, they didn't have a plan, so I don't have any faith that he... You know, I don't think that it's going to be Kenny versus Orange Cassidy at All Out, even though at this point it probably should be. Like, you essentially make him the uncrowned champion coming out of this yes. match. Yeah. Yes. And there's no Because there's of no fucking Don Callis to... or whatever. Right. Yeah. But they, I just don't believe they're going to the do I, that. I've decided because of Glenn now, you can't say Don Callis. You have to say fucking yeah, Don Callis. I mean, it's boy. It, <laughs> by the way, this is by far and away the most he's ever offered, and he could have been anyone else. Like, it could have been. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, that was, the, that was the best heel Kenny match, I thought. I thought, like, again, not that it should have been Don Callis. But like I came away being like, oh yeah, Kenny's a dickhead. Fuck right, that. right, and but that but that's the point. This is by far the be- it, it's nothing. Steve Stevenson could have done what Don Callis did, and it's by far the best they've used Alex, Don Callis. Alex Alejandro or whatever. Correct, his name is. correct. I mean, it could be lit. It could be you that did it, and it would be just <laughs> the, Don Callis has just never been anything, and this was the best that they've gotten from him. Um, what else before we get to the real problem? Um, I, the I, for, not that you know we know this isn't leading to a jungle boy ti- jungle boy title, but that that match as a whole, and then the finish, and then the crowd singing along to Tarzan. Yeah, boy, I mean, was like okay. There's hopefully something. Yeah, here. there's not. Unfortunately, like that's the problem. <laughs> well, but... no. If if you tell me that Winter he's dethroning Miro, that's my kind of thing. Like okay, yeah, maybe there, that's there. Maybe yeah. maybe that's there, but that's a that's a pretty low bar. Um. So I mean, here, here's something. No, and, I, I'd say him be, beating Miro after Miro goes on a tear for six months would be a thing. Well, I mean, okay, it's a thing. I don't disagree with that. I think it's more we we had we had all identified Jungle Boy some time ago as a guy that we thought was going to be a star, 
and it seems like we're taking a really long time to get to a point where maybe he might do something. Yeah, but I didn't expect you know I didn't expect him to be world champ this year. I don't know that I expected him to be world champ. No, I don't. I don't disagree with. But by the way, I, this is why I predicted Jungle Boy. This is fine. I, like the truth is that these matches really have no purpose. The only purpose they have is to get everybody on the card. They don't really accomplish anything. Right. I, I I guess I like the fact that at least they're for something, so that makes them better than the WWE matches. Um, but the problem is they're also not really for anything, right? Like we've we've got we've got an established standard now that nothing is going to come from winning one of these matches either. They're just it's it's a make believe it matters in order for it to be just a little bit better than the the awful standard that existed for one of these matches. Um, they're to, gonna to, to me, it's less about the the win itself and the stipulation involved as the moment there, the him basking in the fans, you know, yeah, I mean, along I, with him. Like to me, that's that could be important. But going forward. maybe it could, but it's way better if you're doing that after you win a match against someone that there was a story built for and that sure. you went over that person. Like that's really good. This is a thing that happened. That's it's not again. Knowing that they weren't doing anything better with Jungle Boy, and that was the point that I made last week, like they're not doing anything better with him. So, sure, by all means, do this. It'll it'll give us a day to pretend like Jungle Boy matters, and that's better than what we were getting for a little while. So, you know, it's it's like wrestling in another room. Uh, when when I would say, yeah, this is terrible, but at least it gets us into another room, and the standard's very low. The standard with Jungle Boy is extraordinarily low. They're not doing anything with him. So, this just you know is something and that's why it's okay I'm, I'm i'm not offended by it we just have to acknowledge these matches have clearly served no purpose really really they haven't we, we've got enough of them to know they're being done for the sake of doing them they're at least giving something as a, a carrot to tell you why the match matters but they're also announcing very loudly the matches do not matter so you know we just kind of have to acknowledge that for being what it is absolutely um, there was one other big takeaway I had overall, and 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 that's that is I mean we I haven't been shy about saying this in the past, but it's never been more painfully obvious that they need to move on from Jim Ross than during that pay per view. I, I mean he was awfully he was horrendous. I was gonna say he he didn't seem that much. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. Usual. I didn't feel like he, he was, was talking, all that different. He was talking about some of the matches like he was on a podcast, saying they make sense, and it was they were. Well, I did hear him say. I did hear him say that makes sense. That? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I did hear him know, say that. Him and Excalibur were like fighting during uh, the last two matches on the pay per view. Like it was, I don't know. They don't need him on there. This is a clear. It's clearly like a. This guy's my hero. That's why he's the. Yeah, announcer. but I mean, I, I'm less offended by that than. Than say Sting, oh. <laughs> you know, like there's a there's sure. a, and 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 we do need to knock that out. That was oh, really there's two, right. There's two things. Yeah, right? that was really bad. I mean, that was that was really bad. It, Sting it, got the pin. Yep, that was really bad. And there's no getting around that. This thing where we're so hell bent on trying to pretend like Sting matters, and to the length that we want to pretend. This is another bad bit that we're doing. When Sting looks physically better than other 59-year-olds look, and so we pretend that means that he's a credible wrestler. All these people are saying he looked am- like- No, no, he didn't. You're, no, you're, he didn't. You're basing your standards on what a 60-year-old typically looks like. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, like, you compare him to other times we've seen these guys get in the ring. Yeah, he looked great. Maybe, but he does not look anything like a professional wrestler looks in 2021. He is not capable of doing the things that professional wrestlers do in 2021. And this was as good as it's ever going to be. It's not like he's going to get better. 
this is as good as it was ever going to be, and it was still a painful the thing that we try to change. Well, yeah, but you know, he didn't. You thought he couldn't do anything, and he jumped a couple of times. Had done that sunset flip in the corner that Sting did. The entire internet would have been talking about how he shouldn't be wrestling anymore, and that he did a dog shit sunset flip uh, into a cover from the co- the, from the like code the red rope. Yeah, it was. Red. I mean, it was horrendous. But I mean, he I, but he jumped a couple of times, and our standard was we don't think that a fifty nine year old can get off the ground. That's our standard. We're willing to judge it off the standard of because he's fifty nine. If he if he doesn't die in the ring, then. We can pretend like it's good. It's not. It's not good. He doesn't look like a professional wrestler is supposed to look. He has no business. Let's be straight about this. He doesn't look any better than Shaquille O'Neal looked in a professional wrestling ring. That's a fact. This is not this thing that we keep trying to excuse because we want to pretend like it's a thing. It's not a thing. It sucks. And it it, it has been terrible for Darby at every turn. And this was obviously the worst of all of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Darby is, is completely inexplicable, inexcusable, whatever. There is a part of me that wanted, just because we always say, you know, we got to be fair when we're talking about WWE. And, and I was kind of going back and I was trying to think, you know, he's about the same age as Ric Flair was in his last year with WWE before that Shawn Michaels match. And I was trying to go back and think, how did we react to Ric Flair? Because Ric Flair wasn't Ric Flair at that point. He was wrestling. He was going over guys like Mr. Kennedy and Shelton Benjamin and MVP leading up to that match with Shawn Michaels. And again, you know, just because, you know, we we go after the hypocrites on both sides here. I mean, to I be just, fair, he was getting pinned a, a lot. Flair? Yes. He got pinned by Kenny Dykstra. That I think that was actually a ways before that, but I, I mean, because that like he lost four a lot or five, of the four or five ma- months before he the retirement match with Michaels, well, it was always that was, that was the story was if he right, lost I, I know, one but more he match, was, but he was but he was going over all of these young guys, and I'm just trying to think about like how we would have and how we did react then, and honestly, I don't remember, so I, I was just kind of going back and trying to think about that. I'm uh I'm I'm pulling it up. He he definitely pinned Mr. Kennedy and MVP. That did and uh, but we're talking about and, now and and and, and, and William Regal. But that but time. and but by the way, that was when I forgot they were doing this bit. They were doing a bit where every match, if he lost, yeah. he yeah, was right. going to be exactly. retired. That's what I'm. And before that, he was losing to a lot of people. Before he that, he was Didn't pinned. He, he was to, pinned yeah. by. He also beat Carlito. Like he, he had a. Well, hang on. These are his singles. These are his singles match. Them. These are his singles matches before that part. He was pinned by the Great Kali. He was. Uh, submitted by Finley. He submitted Carlito. He was pinned by MVP. Um, he uh, there was a disqualification in an edge match. I don't remember that. He was pinned by Randy Orton. Um, Carlito appears to be the only one before that that he that he beat cleanly. All right. So that I can't make a comparison there. Well, no, I, I'm I'm just more, I'm more talking about the in ring part. I'm not even talking about the you know obviously he's not being used. Well, Darby needs to get away from him, even if you want to continue and, and but, say. But okay, to your I point, mean, I wanted there was a was, lot of people. I wanted to see Ric Flair retire then. Hard- I didn't want to keep seeing Ric Flair wrestle. I wanted to no, see Ric Flair okay. retire back. When Ric Flair was having hardcore matches with Mick Foley, there was a lot of people that were saying that shouldn't happen. Oh, I, I, I mean, there was a lot of that. But I, I would regularly like the group of friends that I was hanging out and watching wrestling with at that part of my life. I, I'd be like, I remember openly joking about how he looked like he was dead. In, I mean, like, I, you know, it we. 
there was no part of me that was like, I need more Ric Flair in my life at this point. I, it, it was not, it was over. It was very much over, and I could acknowledge that it was over. Um, th- there's no standard by which we've said, we'll accept lesser because this guy's older. Like, that's not, I, you know, I, I, I got to that, we got to that point with The Undertaker, right? The, the, the really bad match. And I can't remember which one I, it was I now. Had conversations the, the about people, I had conversations with people about Hogan when he fought Randy Orton. I mean, they just same, same well, that thing. was a little different. That was his first match in however long or whatever. But well, Shawn yes. Michaels, like a year or two before that, right? Uh, that was that SummerSlam. Was that? Yeah, well, the the, the Hogan. Saw, yes, the was that was Orton before or after Michael? I can't even remember. I don't, no, remember, SummerSlam, I don't remember like consecutive SummerSlam. But no, there's yeah. there is no. This is not unique to Sting. This is not a new standard that I'm creating to try to say you know Sting's the problem or AEW's the problem. I have never ever been interested in watching old men wrestle. It's Michaels not, was SummerSlam 05 and Orton was SummerSlam 06. Okay. Yeah. It's just never been something that I've ever wanted to see. I, I like the 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 real wrestlers are too good. They're too good for me to want to watch this. It doesn't especially interest me. now. Especially now. Especially now, no doubt about it. Um like Hogan probably Hogan and Flair probably got away with it a lot longer than other people would because they were in the transitional era where it, people weren't working like they are now right or at least the top guys weren't right yeah there you go fair <laughs> um you know like i i just i i can't i don't know what else to say it's not this there, he's he's not good it's not him being yeah. able to move is not a standard for a professional wrestler in 2021 like the thing that we do with a you still got no he does not he does not still got it he but, is but I, I know you don't like like incredibly speculative like conspiracy stuff but like La- Sunday confirmed to me that I, there's more weight in my theory about how they produced that other match than than maybe than maybe people. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe for. maybe it's possible. Like, I it don't looked know. like they were speeding up things and yeah, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Editing in a way right. to make him look more agile and maybe maybe, maybe but match. I oh the tape what. Of course, it was heavily produced. I'm sure like, it was. I'm sure it was heavily no, edited. But I don't like that conspiracy like, theory. Like everyone acknowledges that. But I mean, in a way that, like, produced in a way that, like, sped up his walking and running, and and almost to a point that I thought like a stunt man was doing some of the. Like, stuff. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Like, if you're going to have him on, I hope you do that. That's what I want to see out of you. I want you <laughs> to make him look as good as possible if you're going to use him. <laughs> I mean, but now when you can't do that, and you see what. He is. It, yeah. He is what he is. Um, now, all that being said, and it kind of ties into the other thing. <laughs> I have, I'm not, I don't care. I just don't care about Dave Meltzer. I'm sorry, guys. I don't, I don't read everything that he says, and I miss a lot of this stuff. I was pointed to something that Dave Meltzer said about decisions that are made in AEW. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if you're Oh, I didn't hear about this. Please tell me. Um, and he directly stated that it, that the EVPs have suggested they lose matches to put other guys over, and Tony Khan has specifically blocked it and said, no, you're not doing that. You're doing what I say you're doing. And I don't know. He's not saying that anything. He's not saying that's what happened with Cody on Sunday night. He's not saying that's what happened. He's just broadly saying it. He's broadly saying that the EVPs have made suggestions that they lose matches and, you know, that goes that way. 
even if true, it doesn't forgive the Cody character. The Cody character is a bigger problem than just the matches he's won and lost. The Cody character is horrendous. It's, there's nothing yes. to like about it. There's nothing there for anyone. There's just nothing about the Cody character that should make anyone be interested in it. Again, we're just going back to the, but he gave us AEW, and so we're going to say that we like him anyway. The character is awful. This, which we all knew was going to happen, except for Brandon. <laughs> I was trying to be optimistic. I, God bless you. This is 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 an abomination. I mean, it's it's absolutely an abomination that is of no benefit to anyone. That that does not need to happen. That nobody was dying for more Anthony Agogo. Like at that point, they just hadn't gotten to a place. Maybe he'll prove to be really good. I don't know, but he wasn't there. Lord knows nobody has been asking for more QT Marshall or the Nightmare Factory. No one has been begging for that as part of their you know, professional wrestling viewing during the course of the week. This was wildly unnecessary at every turn and accomplished nothing at the end. It's... I am told that Jim Cornette is equally critical of AEW. I don't know. I don't listen to Jim Cornette. I don't, I don't even know where he would be critical. I don't know if he has a podcast. I don't know if it's on Twitter. I don't, I, again, this is how disconnected I am from this world. I'm sorry. I just, j- j- to be fair, Jim Cornette's critical about just about everything. That's so. probably true too. He's, he's kind of an asshole and a piece of shit. Yes. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> yeah, trying to, we don't want to be like him. Right. Um, I couldn't help but notice how many media members were hanging around double or nothing over the course of the weekend. I couldn't help but notice that, a lot of them had serious access, not just to like pre pre pay per view interviews, but to just to like get to hang out and shoot the shit with the the guys on AEW. And it really ran into me as, oh, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, because AEW is giving us way more access than WWE ever has before. We're just all gonna agree to not be critical of AEW when the product sucks. But everyone is critical. Uh, no, no. I'm not gonna say everybody. Oh, no, Cody specific. Cody specifically. I think most of the media members were in agreement no, about. There, were, there th- were literally media members fighting with people on Twitter about how good the this was the greatest wrestling show in that AEW ever media produced. Ma- Which, like, by the way, I, I do think we need to. The wrestling to guy clear. was fighting with people about how uh-huh. great of a show was. Brandon Walker, Brandon Walker, from from he's been on from NXT. Barstool. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's a significant. Yes, person. he is a significant person now. He is. He was on NXT twice yep. on on the pre-show, and um, anyway, he was fighting with people about. Their reaction to him saying this was the greatest wrestling show and the greatest show AEW's produced in months or whatever or at all, which is a silly comment to begin with because it's a year old, year and a half old company. Um, David LaGreco was there, like being a sycophant. Like, I mean, like it, it was overwhelmingly obvious that these people were just hobnobbing in in Jacksonville and just basically parroting that this is the greatest wrestling company ever. I mean, it it was. If you were on Twitter on Sunday, I felt it was a lot of it. I felt an a lot of it, and 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 a staggering amount of it, and almost to the. I, and this is the best. The best thing I could say about Double or Nothing was the fans were back. The the show itself was somewhere between okay and flatly bad. It was 
it felt like it was good because the fans were there. I, I was gonna say the fan to me, I I enjoyed the watch because of the fans. I thought that a lot of the the meh became good because of the fans. Obviously, there were big exceptions to it, but I mean, know, tell me tell me what made thought were largely meh. Tell me what about Double or Nothing the show itself made it a good show. What's up? Tell me about the show itself. What made it a good show? I, I, like I said, besides the Cody match and then the Sting match, I thought it was all at least a fine matches. The matches were all fine. I think there was. And, I think there was one match that was good, and the finish was good. What was that? That was the yeah. Britt Baker. I think that was the list. Uh, see, I, I got, I got into even though it was a obviously we knew the finish. I thought that the world title match had enough, you know, goodness in there with the crowd. I thought the the orange cast, I thought the tag match was pretty good. Okay. I mean, the the buck, but bucks were like I. Brandon even I, he texted me he said he thought it, yeah. the first two matches were pretty good. I thought the first two matches, I th- the matches, it's hard. Okay, the, here's where it gets difficult. Because, I'm gonna, like, I, I mean, matches, I I, I want to say this: if you if you think that Double or Nothing was as good or better than WrestleMania, I have no fucking clue what we're no, doing I, here. Yeah, and I'm not saying well, you I, do, Aaron. I don't believe that. I'm, I'm saying, saying it, was, it was good, and I really got behind the crowd. I'm saying I think that Double or Nothing was a show that happened, and that's the nicest thing I could say about it. I think it had far more problems than it had good things. Um, I, I think it was somewhere, if I was doing a scale, I think it was somewhere between a four and a six. I, I, it, there was, there was just, I'm closer to six. Yeah. I'm closer to six than you are to a four. So, I mean, I, I don't even know exactly where I'd be between those two things. Like, I, I don't know what the standard would be. Like, we, we don't really like to say things are just God awful. So I can't do that. Um, I, I don't know, man. It just, it was a show that happened. You can say that it, the, like the, the championship match was okay, but you're doing that in the context of it was a championship match that had no point. That was to accomplish nothing, and it was fine. It was a fine championship match for a dynamite. It was undeserving of the four fucking pay per views they do all year. They do four. And well, I th- mean, then those are two different points. Like saying something was an enjoyable watch, and then putting them in the context of, you know, should this have been something yeah. else? That that's two different things. Like, did I enjoy watching yeah. that match? Sure, but I also completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I en- I enjoyed the Brian Cage Adam Hangman Page match, but but to your point, yes, all of this felt very dynamite. None of this felt elevated to the point. But, but that the things that should have the Stadium Stampede should have it should right. have been massive. It well, should have been did, well. Part of it's also because they did freaking blood and guts on a dynamite. I, I brought that up before. I mean, I I brought that <laughs> so issue up like... before. It should have felt massive. The the Cody thing was such an abomination that it it it, it casts a shadow over things. The the Sting thing is horrendous. They're not bad. They're inexcusable. They're unforgivable. The people that complain about zombies, like that's a nothing. That's a nothing. It's just a thing that happened. These have long term damage to professional wrestling. The burying people. The continuously putting somebody over inexcusably, that has serious damage to professional wrestling, and that's what was on display. The New York Post sent out a tweet like, uh, the story of Double Nothing was they put over young talent. Like, what the fuck are you watching? What show were you into 
the 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 lengths that we will go to not be critical of AEW is insane. It's insane. This was a show whose best moments were in context outside of I'll give them I thought Britt Baker was was it still provides a little bit of context because part of the problem is how horrible they handled Cheetah. Like I can't I can't escape that. The best moments I have to give context for to sell as being good. The worst were less than zero. Cody Rhodes is a less than zero. A zero. Cody Rhodes doing nothing would be more beneficial than what happened on that pay-per-view. Yeah, I think if you take that, you take that they screwed up the stadium stampede match, and then you also take the uh, Sting thing. I mean, those those three things bury the show. These aren't silly and fun. These aren't just, or you know, again, complaining about zombies, it's just silly and nothing. It, it's, it's just over and done with. These are things that are critical problems. Critical. And, and we I can't... Think it's even more problematic that people left the show saying this was the greatest wrestling show that first of all it's not the greatest wrestling show that they've even done no by no, far no and it's certainly not better than anything that we've seen <laughs> on the other side of the road i mean not anything you get what i'm saying it's not better yes. than the good shows that we've seen on the other side of the coin and it's, it's just a it's just it just reminds me that we're always going to be this is always going to be a thing where people just say that this is great. We just want to keep doing it and not acknowledge it. We don't want to acknowledge any of this. We want to sweep it under the rug. Lot, to Aaron's point, there are a lot more people saying what we're saying than there were before. There are. It's just, it's still not, but, it, but to your point, when they give the people with the biggest microphones, you know, all you can eat buffets and ringside tickets and, hang out in the locker room and everything. I mean, they probably got to hang out with Urban Meyer. Like, who, who freaking knows? Uh, yeah, I, mean, you know I, I, mean? I don't know about that, but, like... I, I, I don't think... I'm, that. I'm, By the I'm, way, I'm that, that was the other funny thing. Uh, Urban tweeting out the picture of them all uh, talking uh, beforehand, like, going over what they're going to do, and MJF was, like, totally out of character, which we never see. It was a weird bit there. That is a weird which bit. Just, it, was, it was only, like, I don't really care, but it was only funny because it was the one time I, just, I think I've ever seen MJF I, out of character. I, I, just, I just don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it takes to acknowledge these things. Like, this to me was not, it was a bad show. It was more bad than it was good. It was bad. It was a, and, with the, and, it, and I say that extreme, the bad being so extreme that it, it, it overwhelms the good. Um, the bad being the things that were bad were such tentpole items on the show. Right. And, and it was hard to say, but Brian Cage and H Hangman Page had a really good match, which is true. Right. But it's hard to say it's hard to it's hard to even remember it. And this and this now. isn't pay backlash. <laughs> this is they do four four all year. By the way, do you think that's going to change? Because I have a theory about that. I don't know. No, I, no, I, because because I, I think they're the the fact that they had that that ten pole deal with TNT to put the uh, shows on every you know in between all the pay per views. I think they're getting more money from that TNT deal than they are from pay per views. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine pay per view is terribly lucrative at this point. So, well, I I think someone it was either Con or Cody or somebody basically said what we've been talking about with WWE for years now, which is. They make more money off of TV than they do on pay per view, yeah, so really yeah. they should be catering to those. And big by the way, TV if, specials. If if the answer, if that really is the answer, if the 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 biggest problem is Tony Khan, right? Like that's that. 
We not even we haven't even talked about the fucking you know, the the thing that he did on Friday the night. Promo. Like, Listen, which, Tony Khan is the only Khan in the wrestling business. I mean, that, I mean it was just a weird bit. Look, I I don't care about him doing it in general. Like, if you want to be that guy and 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 you're trying to get people riled up, like it's sort of acknowledging how far behind you are that you have to well, do it. it. It's, it's um, the Vince pr- playbook from the mid '90s. Sort of. It's more like the Paul Heyman playbook than it is the Vince. Uh, playbook. no. I mean, Vince was openly calling out Ted Turner and people on pay per views and on Raws. I guess that's like true. That. I guess that is true. That is true. So that's they fine. They tried to run an ad in the New York Times or something, didn't they? Yeah, they they, they created a billionaire Ted character. Oh uh, yeah, they did do that. That is true. All right, never mind. You're right. That is that is true. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't care that he does. I really don't because I you know that that by all means, but he's not good at it. He's not, and it's, no, that was the best promo that you that anyone's ever seen. It was actually good, but he's cutting. No, it promo wasn't. On a it guy was not. A, knows. Yeah, it was not a good promo. Don't pretend like that was a good promo. It was not a no, good promo. No, don't be, don't be those guys, Aaron. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> How many tweets though did you say? Did you see that were to- Tony Khan's cutting the best promo? Oh yeah, no, I mean, it was just so not. Again, like no one knows who Nick Khan is. Correct. No one gives a shit who Nick. <laughs> and the Khan ten is. people that do are like. <laughs> and and like to pretend like it's somehow a big deal that that WWE talked to New Japan like that. That was such a finger guns thing, right? Like like what like is the, that? The guy who does the finger guns. That's who Tony Khan kind of. I is. guess, man. And like to, it, like it's it's pretty. It seems to me in hindsight that it's pretty clear that he was like, oh, you're talking to New Japan. I got Leo Rush here tomorrow night. Like, dude, no offense, that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Like doing the I am the forbidden well, he door. Dropped a couple of people, but they're they all people that, correct. Like, like this thing, you you are you are playing to a really small crowd. Like that's a really small crowd of people. That and no offense, because I, I you know I I think some of these guys are good, but like they just don't matter in a broad level the way that you're making them out to matter. I, I'm, I, got, I think we have to acknowledge something. What? And that is you know Tony saying, listen. I had Rocky Romero. We had Rocky Romero first, motherfucker. I mean, cool. Like <laughs> we had Rocky Romero before Tony Khan. That's a good did, point. So we did. That's a very good point. Khan. Yeah, we are. We are the Forbidden Door. <laughs> Jobbing out <laughs> is the Forbidden Door. We did have Rocky Romero on with uh, the Good Brothers at one point. I, I don't know, man. It, like it's it it comes off more that Tony Khan is probably a narcissist, and in fairness. So it's just about every other person that was born into wealth yeah. ever. A very punchable face. Right. So like I, I can't even all be all that mad. Like, is this your king? Well, I mean, Vince McMahon's a narcissist. So like everybody that's of this ilk is a narcissist. Yes. So Vince McMahon is yeah, a narcissist. Yeah. But let's not pretend like there's something that they aren't. Like that's the part that becomes problematic. You you're falling in love and pretending like your favorite wrestling company isn't run by a fucking narcissist. Like it's the same thing. It's just might a be different one difference, though. What the one, and it might actually be worse. The one difference is that he wants to be buddies with all of these people. Like he wants to hang out. Like he's signing people that he wants to like be their bud. And Vince McMahon doesn't care about that. There, 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 there's one big difference there. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't he know. Cares I, about a couple of people. I'm not. I'm not going to do a bit where I try to make Vince McMahon seem like he's better than Tony. Con- I'm not doing oh, that no, either. Like, no, I'm no, not. No. I'm not going mean, I'm there. Saying business-wise, it se- would seem a little smarter to not be to but, not. But this, we're in, sign, pay people money. To we're hang just out in with this you. really tribal place where, like, you can pick one or the. Uh, I'm an AEW guy. Like, dude, it's the same thing. Same shit. It's, it's the same just shit, the same thing. That's all it is. 
And, and if you don't want to acknowledge that because you want to choose to live in your utopian society where there's some beautiful place where professional wrestling exists and it's one like good for you and but, both have massive but different problems yes i mean i would say the, the farther we go and, and we make these wcw comparisons the more i wonder if the comparison we should be making as far as the actual feel of it is just ecw with money the the, the tribal feel the idea that you know even though there's good there was a lot you go back and watch some of those ecw there's a lot of bad in that if you're ECW talking too. fan wise yeah, you're 100 correct yep. that's fair yeah that's fair. I don't necessarily disagree with that. The fans are much more like the fans of ECW. I mean, I think it's difficult because I don't think that that bred this, right? So, like, if yeah. that had not happened, this would not have been a thing. Uh, yeah, obviously, would... it's, not a, it's not an apple I think to the apple fans, I think the fans, but, but I think it's fair because I think the fans think of themselves in that way down yes. to the point where the chant is A-E-Dub. I mean that to be fair, we do you know do NXT NXT you know like no no it, it's no, no, just... no 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 A E dub like E C dub it's right the same... I know but you have a you have a three syllable chant you kind of have to do the dub at the end yeah I mean an A E W chant would not it would be wonky and awkward <laughs> like yeah, you, you wouldn't I mean, do that I just mean like we were you know I said it to you Aaron when we were looking around at that show that we went to it's like that's who the people are it's the no, people I mean, that were into that yeah. And I but, have no you know, problem. ECW I'm not. W had a, had a lot of good. It had a lot of bad. We just kind of hype up the really and, good. And, of and to be clear, I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't watch AEW or you shouldn't like AEW. I watch no, and we're, like. We're gonna keep watching it yes, every week. and I and I watch and like WWE despite the fact that it has an immense number of problems. It's yes. the bit where we pretend like they're not real. It's yes. the bit where we pretend like Sting is good. It's the bit where we do all of that. That's 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 I, I I'm. What are we doing? Like, what is this? It ain't better. It might be about the same. I mean, it's it's probably not quite the same, but it's about the same. Um, and pretending like it's better than it is just because we've decided that we hate WWE that much, it, it just makes us all look like assholes. Um, that's all it does. So I, that's where I am. Was there anything from WWE this week that mattered enough to discuss it? Um. Do, are we counting NXT for WWE? Yeah, I mean, or? we're putting everybody in the championship match, which, you know, wanking I, Which, which I'm that. trying to figure out. To me, it either feels like... Massive, I mean, to me, the massive... most logical thing is they're they're taking the belt and they're promoting Cross. What do you mean, taking the belt? Taking, taking the belt off, off of, him. of him and they're putting it but in why, a five-way but match. Why, no, I, th- I think you could easily promote the whole other... Uh, all four of the other... Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing so because... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I think there's a lot of things that that could be, but I, it, it smells... It, it, it feels like this is like a turning point for NXT. Yeah. Like it really does feel kind of like that. I don't know that I'm... I'm, I'm I, boy, I hope you're right, but it smells more like a we don't really know what to do type of situation to me. It smells more like they're running into a lot of things going on at once, and the problem that we talked about for months is that they just weren't really committed to anything. They just they just kept put and they never knew which way to go. We still don't really know what Karrion Cross is. We, we don't know what half of the people. Well, and, but that's to be the, fair, eighty percent of the people. Well, listen, just to be fair though, what they just announced for in your house is consistent with what they teased about a month ago, which oh, they was they had all these guys. guys come in and cut the promos about how they want the title and. So this was not a need. This feels like it was the plan. I don't know, know if it was the plan but then what's or the if plan it's after. 
Yeah, I, like, Brandon, I'll, question, I'll come back to having him potentially right. run through the four top guys. I think the four top. I think. I mean, I think Gar. I think it's tricky because like Gargano was always NXT for life, but I think you could make the argument. By the way, what the hell is the Diamond Mind? Like this thing that the, does is that going to affect this somehow? Is that I, separate, I think that's a lesser thing, honestly. Is it like a show within the show kind of thing? It sounds to me like it's going to be kind of a UFC gimmick. Like basically what Raw Underground could have been if done properly, you get these like legit fighters to, you know, legit fighters to come in. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, that, I mean, that's what, that's my feel at least. I, I don't think that's a big main event thing. I think that's, but I mean, like, do you think that's going to siphon people off of like the people that we see? No, I, I think it's people who are all new people more okay. or less. Got it. All right. We don't I, need to, if you wanted just... to throw somebody in there, but yeah, I think it's largely new people. I don't think it's great. I don't know. What else no, to say. I, I like, and that's why I'm wondering, is it not great? Because there's like, Oh God, what do we do here? Which is again, if it's, Oh God, what do we do here? Throwing everyone in there is a weird decision because that has ramifications going forward. And if it's, well, we're about to have three or four call-ups, then it's like, okay, now I get it. But what but ramification does it have? Do. I mean, like if you don't lose the match, nothing happens to you. I get so. So I'm assuming that we're going like, Cole and O'Reilly aren't going to factor in because they're going to spin off again, probably towards SummerSlam or whenever. Because I guess if SummerSlam's on a Saturday, I don't know exactly if NXT. I mean, I. Talk. But but I think if your theory is correct with Cross, then Adam Cole's absolutely who you give the title to. Uh, if it's Cross, yes. Like if Cross, if, if is, Cross is going up, yes. Right. Then 100%. why did then why did you have Kyle O'Reilly go over him? Why would I mean, you? The, the argument would be then you could have Kyle O'Reilly cool SummerSlam but, weekend but, and he could beat but, him again. And then why would he shouldn't have to beat him again? He won the feud. Of, this goes he back to my. Shouldn't be. I mean, this it, is my feud of feuds problem. Like, go, but go back to what Glenn said about three or four weeks ago that Adam Cole came out cutting a promo about Just be, the feud though. Kyle O'Reilly, he won yes, the big match. He, yes, he won a match. He won, he won the match, one. But, but just like so, Johnny Gargano won the first match with Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa was the first one to the title, and then a Gargano, you know, was eventually that is going a good to point. take but it that's off. It's a, okay. There's a, a bunch of weren't, um, and 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 not to say that feuds can't extend, but this one was very much drawn out to be a defining moment. This was very much drawn out to be with with two other guys that like the soul of this faction was at stake. There are matches that are clearly elevated beyond just. This is a match for the sake of doing a match. I, I'd argue that first Gargano Champa match was elevated to that level as well. They called it an unsanctioned match, or right? And then, and then, fun. and then, when did they go back? So, so paint me, paint me the picture for how things played out after that. If, if I remember, Ciampa beat Alistair Black, right for the title. Yeah, Ciampa, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if they had a second match before that. Yeah, I, I need to go back and revisit all of that to see what it. I ba- if, base, but, but if Ciampa, I remember in correctly, the of that feud. Yeah, Ciampa won the title. I understand that, but if I remember correctly, in the aftermath of it, Johnny Gargano was clearly that th- there was a separation between winner and loser of that first match. There I think was, they went right back to it the next takeover. Well, Champa yeah. got hurt. That was part of it too. No, well, that wasn't until later. Man. He got hurt before Gargano ever won the championship. Right. That I mean, that was a year after the first Gargano champion match. You're asking me to remember things that are far too. Yeah. Ba- basically, are... if if my my memory is correct, you have that that first takeover match at. They had another one in May or June or whatever. Champa goes over. Champa wins the title in 
early July or late July or whatever. You have Champa beat Gargano, defend the title successfully against Gargano at SummerSlam weekend, and they were heading towards Gargano. He pretended to be Ciampa. his friend for a little while. Yeah, right? then, then you had Gargano supposed to beat Champa at WrestleMania the next year, but then uh, Champa got hurt. Um, so sorry, we're, we're gonna we're we're gonna end up moving a, a ton of things in together. Um, it was also more of a case of, and and as I look back on it. It was a a bring the house down, we have to see this again type of thing than Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly was. Yes. There's okay, I, I no comparison between whether those they, two whether things. Whether they should be extending or not, I, we can argue about. I just always felt that this was meant to extend. But I, I mean, they did the segment that night. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they said they did it. They showed it five days, four days later. Sure, right? Like four days later <laughs> yeah. is when they showed it. Was it was when they were on their way to the hospital. Yes, that correct, night. correct. I did not feel as though I needed more. I that needed to be a moment. Kyle O'Reilly had to get past Adam Cole. Was the point of all of this? There was one that was clearly above the other, and Kyle O'Reilly had to elevate himself past Adam Cole. He did, but he didn't. This is not like this. These are the things, I'll compare this to why I had such a problem with Cody MJF. MJF had to get past Cody. He was clearly below Cody. You have him win the match only for one of them to disappear and the other one to matter moving forward. It should never be the case in those circumstances. When two guys have a hell of a feud and are on even footing and they're just beating the shit out of each other, going back to that, always a good thing. That's the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn model. This is not that. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were not on even footing. Kyle O'Reilly was clearly below Adam Cole and had to get past him. To have him get past him only then say like, yeah, but it didn't really matter. Adam Cole's still just as important as Kyle O'Reilly is. That's not how professional wrestling should work. It should never be that. It, there should be ramifications for you losing to the guy that was below you. That should be the case. That person should be elevated and shouldn't just be, yeah, but I'm still here too. It shouldn't work that way. That's the concept of pro wrestling. And so that's where I would say it's different than Gargano Champa. It's different than, you know, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Those guys were guys that were on equal footing that just happened to work really well together. These guys were never on equal footing. Adam Cole was the clear leader of the faction and then turned. Kyle O'Reilly had to get past him. He should be past him. That's my problem with it. And, and frankly, if Adam Cole's the heel, he shouldn't be chasing. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other problem here, too. Like, to have... Well, the, the whole thing with Cross is that, you know, what, what's he? You know, that's, 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 that's a problem, too. All of this is a problem. It's why I'm, I'm worried that the answer is they just don't know. And so because they don't have a solution, let's just throw everything in together and see what happens. And by the way, if the worst that comes out of it is that they're really trying to do is make Karrion Cross look stronger and stronger, and he blows through four top guys in the same night, okay. But at some but point, they, who's next? Right, but they got and when they have to figure out what Karrion Cross is. Like, they have to figure out what exactly Karrion Cross is going to be moving forward. The thing where he just keeps being a... a uh, yeah. Presence? Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of describing it. That can't ex it last for forever. I, you got to tell me whether or not I'm supposed to care about Karrion Cross. I mean, I gotta know. I gotta know if I'm supposed to be in carrying into carrying cross. They, or not. they have to work on the whole presentation of carrying cross. Um, just every aspect of it is 
Like it should work, but there are little things in here that are kind of pulling out the pieces that are making it a little bit tough. Well, you know what's weird about the presentation is he comes out like he's like this mysterious guy, but then and and, and by the way, I don't want to say he's not good on the mic because he is. He's he. I thought he was really good on the mic. No, I thought this was actually quite good the other night. This yeah, this this particular one was really good. But it's interesting that he, <laughs> that he comes out with this mysterious thing, and then he's like. Some dude from New Jersey. It's something I've I don't been even know if he's from New Jersey, by the way. But yeah. I, you it, know it's something I've been meaning to talk about for a while. I really like Scarlet as like the harbinger when she's not with Kira, like, like you know, right. when he's not there, she's coming. But yeah, she does not add anything when he's in the ring, and there are times when I feel like she detracts. Just, yeah, I don't know that I disagree with that actually. I don't I, I think you might be onto something there. Um yeah. it just doesn't really add to anything. All right, anything else from WWE this week? What happened on Friday? Why am I trying to think of what? Do we still have I mean, no, like, I mean, some of the reports are saying it's definitely not Jimmy, and if it's not Jimmy, I have no idea where they're, they're teasing, going with they're, they're teasing that Jay's going to turn on Jimmy this week, right? Right. Yeah, I and, mean, that's very clearly, uh, so, if it's not a full turn, it's Roman's going to get involved. It's so if that's the case, like. maybe Roman doesn't fight at Hell in a Cell, and you get Jay versus Jimmy... And Roman's out there or something. That would probably be the best case scenario right now. I guess. I mean, I guess. I think, it, I think it's possible that they don't have a title match yeah. at, at, at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that's possible. Which would suck considering what the other title match is. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But then again. I mean, seriously. But, but this also goes take... back to them they're openly telling you nothing matters until fans are back. Like, just. Yeah, nothing. The... Ma- but here's the thing. I, I'm really more and more. I think it's going to end up mattering. I think that fans are going to boo the hell out of Drew McIntyre when oh, he, I don't doubt. Uh, I when, don't doubt when they that. come back. I don't doubt. I that. think it depends on who he's fighting. But I, yeah. I don't know. Like you spend an entire show showing highlights of Kofi Mania, being like, "You guys could be this happy again." Yeah. Remember Kofi Mania? Remember yep. this? And this is the guy who has gone out of his way to remind you of it and then rip it out of but your hands. But don't you think they were smart enough to kill it a month and a half before fans are back? I, I don't know that, like, at this point, it... it Drew McIntyre, as far as purely on-camera, what he's done, character not taking any... You know, Jackson Riker is obviously far more unlikable than him, but just purely on-character work is up there amongst the most unlikable characters in WWE right I don't now. disagree I, with that. But if you have him versus Sheamus or something, I mean, I like, cheer for Sheamus right now because you're Sheamus talking is more about like, you. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying the way they have presented it, Sheamus has done stuff that is far more likable than. Uh, I don't think I'm you're, gonna. I don't, here's, you're, you're not an average wrestling fan. Neither am I. Neither is Glenn. I no, think pe- people I, would cheer. I, I, I'm in a weird place, actually, Aaron. Where I think that it, one of the problems is, and I think we saw this at WrestleMania. I think for a little while they might oh, just cheer. Be a honeymoon. Be a they honeymoon. might just cheer everyone. And I don't mean yeah. just Drew McIntyre. I mean like everybody that that hey, we're so happy to be back. It's yeah. going to take a few weeks until we settle into that type of stuff. Um, okay, yeah. fine. By SummerSlam. I, well, I think the first crowd that reacts negatively to a segment will set the tone. There will be a segment like if this if this happened the second week fans were back, then I think in week three Drew McIntyre would be the the heel of heels. Yes. It happening now to Brandon's point. I don't know if that drags out. And I do think that when when we get there, there will be an initial reaction of some guys might get booed, but like I don't think it's going to be overall we're just going to be happy. To I don't think there. there's going to be a lot of nuclear heat. 
when when fans return. I think it's going to take a little while, and it's going to take the first crowd that gives someone nuclear heat, that reacts to Where's something that money happens. Where's in the bank? Is that St. Louis? That sounds right. Is it everything in Texas? No, not everything. I, oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought Money in the Bank was in St. Louis. No, but Money in the Bank is, I want to say, like, Fort Fort Worth or something like that. Yeah, okay. it's, it's Fort Worth. Yeah, it's so Dickie's it's Arena. Texas. Well, yeah, yeah okay. but not everything for is in Texas. For some reason, I thought St. Louis was... No, I meant that week, that, that first weekend, everything's in Texas. I'm oh, sorry, first weekend, I should have yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah. They, have, yeah. they have announced other shows. Yeah. Um, um, but since you brought it up, I'm... We might as well. What what on earth was that with Jackson Riker on Monday? I mean, is it worth? Are talking? they trying to turn him face? I, I was good. I, at first. I was like, oh my god, they are. And then yeah. that other promo made it sound like maybe they're turning Elias face and turning Riker into like a super psychotic heel. It um, did. Kind of like the. I the, thought it was a total heel Elias. Promo. I don't know. You know, he's he's saying that you know. A lot, uh, Riker is a loose cannon. I don't want to ride from place to place. Now that we're going yeah, on the road, putting, I don't. Want... That's putting down a veteran. Keep in mind, you got to put those two well, things and that, together. And that was the other thing. It being <laughs> yeah. on Memorial Day, I was <laughs> like, you got to put those two yeah, things I mean, together. The, it, you have to take what Riker said and then yeah. add what Elias said yeah. to it. <laughs> and and that's why that's why I think you're right. But there there is a little bit of an out that they could just be making Riker a psychotic heel, which would I mean. Riker on screen is not good. It's not good. We don't want it. Nobody nope. needs I was hoping it. he was going to be on that list on, that we got the other day. I mean, uh, what? Yeah, well, I mean, I have I, no I idea just, why he's not. If right. they're making Riker a face, like, that's the most tone-deaf yep. thing ever. Yep, nope. Horrendous. Horrendous. All right, guys. I'm uh, really looking forward to this. Let's uh, let's chat with Matt Cardona. Look, if we're being honest, there we never need an excuse to hang out at Jimmy's. Like, we'll never in our life need it. We can just go do it on a Tuesday afternoon. But when we get an excuse to hang out at Jimmy's, it makes us even happier. And that's going to be the case next weekend for a huge weekend of events, including the major wrestling figure podcast coming live to Jimmy's next Friday night, June 11th. There are still a couple of tickets available as of when I'm recording this. MajorWFPod.com and click on tickets. It's a pleasure for us to welcome in Mr. Matt Cardone and a jobbing out. Matt, it's Glenn and Brandon and Aaron. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Dude, we are hey, we're great. What's going on? It's really okay, so let's I'm gonna get this out of the way. Uh, there, Brandon's a nerdy fan. Like he's a nerdy fan. <laughs> we were in New Jersey the night yes. that that it all that you guys won the belt. Like, and Brandon is still crying to this day from that <laughs> moment. So I just need to get it out of the way right up front. Like understand you are t- pure fan. Hey, we, we were also there when he was in Baltimore winning the U S title. That's true. That's we true. have been there for both. We have been there for both. So we're, we're all fans, but Brandon, like he might attempt to throw his panties at you over zoom during the course. Okay, of this let's, let's all relax a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll take him. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I want to start with something, man, getting to know you and what you've been all about in recent years. If I told you going back, let's go 20 years ago, Ago, you could either have your life as a wrestling fan, collector, podcaster, and not be a wrestler ever, or the exact opposite. You can have your life as a wrestler, but never be a fan, never be a collector, never be a podcaster, any of those things. Which one of those things are you choosing? Oh, I mean, I don't think that's a fair question because with without the love for wrestling without wanting to be a wrestler, I wouldn't want to do all those other things. Okay. Okay. You know, um, and that's what the beauty of it right now is I get to be everything. I get to be a fan. I get to be a wrestler. I get to be a podcaster. I get to, 
do whatever. Uh, being a wrestler was the only goal. And still at the end of the day is my main goal. Yes, I do have the, the major pod network and we, we do the major wrestler podcast. And now we're putting on our own wrestling shows and making our own wrestling figures. And it's great. It's fun. But, you know, the backbones, all of that is being a pro wrestler. So you would not have the same, in, you, like if you were just a nerd like us, and, and we use that term lovingly, you would not have had the same interest. Well, I mean, like I'm, you know, I was a big wrestling fan growing up. That's what I thought. Figures, yeah. all that stuff, backyard wrestling. But like, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be a pro wrestler. It was, there was never, you know, a question when I was a little kid. That was it. I was going to be a, a, a WF wrestler. And like, you know, when I'm in kindergarten and stuff, my, my parents think, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. But then when it's it's time to go to college and pick a real job, and I'm like, no, I'm doing this wrestling thing. Uh, it's you know I, I can understand why they were you know a little nervous about that because uh, right. I wasn't I wasn't a, I wasn't a big guy. I was you know 160 pounds uh, when I was a senior in high school. You know, not very athletic, so I can understand the the hesitation to you know letting me follow my dreams. But luckily they were very supportive, and luckily it all worked out. Right? Yeah, it turned out okay. Turned yeah, out. De- decent. Yeah. When, when you were younger, obviously, you know, we're all nerds. We all got made fun of when we were younger for being wrestling fans. So here's my question. You were a wrestling fan and an action figure fan. When did you get made fun of more when you were younger? Mm, mm. Um, I think like I got out of the action figures, at least in the public eye <laughs> at the right time. <laughs> uh, you know, I was always collecting throughout high school, uh, whether it was collecting through my my youngest brother and pretending they were for him when they were really for me or going to Toys R Us and asking for gift receipts. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan when I was in high school. Like as a, as a little kid in like, you know, kindergarten, first grade, everybody had the Hasbros. They liked Ultimate Warrior, Hogan, you know, watched on Saturday mornings. And then for a couple of years, it was just me and my, my two brothers liking wrestling uh, until the Attitude Era, like 97, 98, 99. And then around like 2000, everyone kind of stopped watching again. And I was still the kid who would go to wrestling shows in high school by myself, like on a Monday. And then, for instance, Tuesday, I'd walk into high school wearing my too cool uh, T-shirt that I got the night before. And trust me, I was not too cool uh, <laughs> wearing that shirt. Well, I mean, not to them, but to us, you were me. Right, right, right. There was a part of me during the Attitude Era that was like, I don't like that all these other people like I, us right I now. Agree. I, I agree. <laughs> I called them 98ers. <laughs> Hey, yeah, get out like, of our get out of our club. Kofi Kofi Kingston is a ninety eighter. <laughs> That's such a great line. Yeah. Matt, Matt Cardona is with us again next Friday night at uh, Jimmy Seafood. It's going to be a great night with a major wrestling figure podcast. Matt, um, you know, I, there, I, we had. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're Chris Jericho, but you can take that if you'd like it. We had Jericho on a while back, and I said. I want to know what you thought was going to get over. You, you got so many things over. What's something that you thought was going to get over that never did? You, of course, got so many things over that no one ever expected you would be able to get over. What's something in your career that you thought would get over that you were sure was going to be a hit and nobody ever either either got the chance to or you rolled it out and everybody was just like, yeah, dude, we're not feeling it. Uh, so, okay. So during that initial YouTube run, like 2011, like that first year, everything was clicking on all cylinders, maybe not on WWE TV, but you know, the fans were behind me. Uh, it eventually gets me to that big win in Baltimore. 
Um, you know, and then uh, there's a lot of drama that goes into year two of the YouTube show, but <laughs> I had, I had this big plan. Everything that I was doing was working and I was gaining momentum and confidence, which is very important. And I had this plan and we did it on the YouTube show that I would, I would challenge Dolph Ziggler to a match at WrestleMania the next year, which would have been in New York, New Jersey. And we had this idea that we would make was well, really my idea. And he went along with it, that we'd make these stickers. It was like a, a, a yin yang sticker. Like half of it is me, half is Dolph Ziggler and like, choose your side. And that, you know, <laughs> it was almost like, uh, like, remember like those uh, Andre the giant, like obey stickers that were all over the place. Yeah, the time? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, like the, it's basically graffiti. It's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we wanted people to really put them everywhere. And like, we had this, I had this like giant idea that like, I'd get some helicopter and drop, thousands of them over like Times Square. Like I really thought this was going to be a thing. Uh, long story short, I spent like way too much money on these stickers. Uh, I stopped doing things on WTV and I was at that WrestleMania uh, watching it from Mrs. Family's oh, no. Chris Box. Oh no. Yeah, so so oh, that no. didn't really work out. But, uh, you know, Ziggler wore the sticker out on his vest and now it's a joke. And like, I've, I've actually like that, like 10 years later, uh, you know, people ask me for these things and I sign them, I sell them. So I, I hopefully have made my money back. I was going to uh, say, how many? I was going to say, how do we get those? Well, yeah. What's, <laughs> what, wait, wait, I need to know first, what's the sheer number of stickers? Can you tell me what the number of stickers you had printed up were? Um, I want to say there was close to 20,000. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> well, and, and that, well, that's just the initial. I mean, we were going to drop them from a helicopter. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, um, so I still have a couple left, but it's at the point now where I can't really give them out because like there's only so many left well that's kind of that's kind of an amazing story that it worked out that way and yes i'm with aaron we we need to know where to get our own (laughs) yeah i'm sure like on ebay you can get them and and it's funny because you know whenever what was i guess two or three years ago when when hawkins and i won the tag team titles at uh metlife i wore one of those stickers like inside of my like entrance jacket and when i like pose on the uh, turnbuckle like the wind is it's flapping it open and you can see it so it's cool that i i did get to wear it uh you know all those years later that's awesome that's oh, these awesome. these are these are cool man i just found one on ebay for yeah. five bucks <laughs> yeah there you go they're, they're pretty cool <laughs> yeah choose your side ziggler or rider it's such a it's... obviously rider <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact that's a fact we are team rider there's no doubt about it um the the one that you didn't expect to get over like of everything that you got over what's the thing that you were like this sort of had a life of its own i never thought this was getting over um, I don't know if I have an answer to that because I always thought the the plan was always to get something over. Maybe like I didn't think when I, uh, I brought out the internet title for the first time on my YouTube show, I just took my, my little brother's kids replica intercontinental title and <laughs> used some stickers and some printouts. And it was just supposed to be a, a segment on the show that week, which turned into like, Oh, I guess I made it. I might as well bring it next week. And I might as well bring it out next week. And then I turned it into a real title, uh, and which made it into video games. Mattel made an action figure. So I guess that took off more than I thought. And again, all these years later, I, I still call myself the internet champion. Now I have a new version of the title. Uh, People at, at, at meet and greets and autograph signs, they love taking pictures of the title. So it, it's great. It's a great little cash grab. <laughs> I, I need to ask you, though, when Mattel made a figure with a belt that you made, like how <laughs> being who you are, how did that feel? Like you're like, I'm the figure guy. I collect figures. Not only have I had pics- figures of me, you know, we're over that. But now we have a figure of me with this thing that I made on it, like. 
did that just blow your mind? Like, what, what, how did you feel about that? Yeah, even to this day, it's probably the figure I'm most proud of for a couple of different reasons. One, like, I had to sign off on the rights to the title with wow. Mattel. And also, I've never, ever come out with that on WWE television. WWE would not allow me to come out that that's a story for a different day. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny that, you know, it, you know, Mattel recognized it. WWE shop put it on my T-shirts. The video game recognized it. But... I wasn't allowed to come out hmm. on TV. Really weird. Had, really weird. Yeah. Really yeah. Weird. Uh, uh, whatever. It's fine. But, yeah. you know, I got it. I got it in action figure form. And to me, that's more special, especially because I never wore it on television. It's really fine. Not thinking about it at all. Totally over it, you guys. It's definitely yeah. fine. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> Not an issue. Go ahead, Aaron. You know, I, I just want to go back. We're, we're kind of talking a lot about the Drew uh, Long Island story. And when you first created the concept of it, did you have any idea of what it would become and where it would go and where it would lead you? No, because my goal was not to have this weekly show. My goal was to create controversy, create buzz. Uh, I've said it a bunch of times in other interviews. I wanted to get noticed or get fired. I didn't want to get fired. <laughs> I wanted to get noticed by WWE, but I knew that if I created so much buzz and, and stirred the pot too much that WWE fired me, that it would create buzz for me elsewhere. Uh, so the, the, the plan was create buzz, get over, get noticed. And, and I did. And I didn't think, you know, I, I don't think anyone could have predicted the life that, that it took. I mean, I start that year, 2011, as, as nobody, someone who's forced to start a YouTube show in his living room in his apartment to ending it, you know, winning the U.S. title in Baltimore. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a, it like, it feels like one day there should be a movie, man. Like it really does feel like it's a story well, worthy of a movie. It's it's a great story. And, and right now, you know, 10 years later, I have a podcast called MC true long Island story where it just week by week, we, we go over each episode and what went on backstage oh. at that time. So yep. if you haven't checked that out, check that out. We're up to episode 16 now. So we're going to go through the whole year. Um, I think we're going to stop it before year two because I don't want a bitter podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to feel good, good little story. Are you saying year two wasn't great? Is that what you, I feel like you've mentioned that a couple of times. I feel yeah, like year, you, two, year two yeah, wasn't the best. Not the best. Not the best. Yeah. Matt Cardona is with us. Matt, that being said, like, you know, everything that you were able to accomplish and, and, and it's such a, it's not a meritocracy, right? Like this is a different type of business. Do you look at this and say, hey, if there's not another major moment for me as a wrestler, whatever that would be, if the, you know, I'm, you're going to keep do, you know, working, you're going to keep doing things, and I'm not trying to suggest that you're retired at this point, but if there's not another major life-changing moment in wrestling, your wrestling career was what in comparison to what you dreamed it would be? You know, like obviously everyone dreams of being like the world champion and the top guy. And no, that that did not happen for me. But, you know, I'm very proud and grateful for everything that I accomplished in my career uh, in WWE. I lived my dream for over a decade and, you know, it was full of highs and lows, but I wouldn't trade anything for the world. Uh, you know, I have a lot of cool moments and I know those moments whether those title runs were short-lived or not, the, the, the struggle and the scratching and clawing to get to that moment was real. You know, it was real to me that night. I know it was real to the people all those different nights, whether it be in Baltimore with the U.S. title or Dallas with the Intercontinental title or New Jersey when we win the tag team titles. If you were in that building or you were watching live, you know that that was a real moment and something special. And, you know, it's better. Listen, if I was a, a six-time Intercontinental champion and I won at Backlash or on some random SmackDown, like, I guess that would have been cool. I probably would have made way more money, but these <laughs> moments are, are way more special to me. And I'm proud, you know, that, 
you know, I wasn't the chosen one and that's fine. But because of, you know, my hard work and the fans, I was able to get, you know, things that everyone dreams of getting. All right. Uh, While if you take those three moments, I mean, you could take a whole list of people that, <laughs> that have accomplished a lot, but have not accomplished anything that, me- that meant like- as much. Yeah. Right. 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 No doubt. Every, every, every one of those nights, like I said, listen, the IC title run is one day, but every one of those moments was, was a moment, you know, it wasn't to me, at least to me, it wasn't to my fans. It was, and it's something I'm very, very proud of. And I'll never, ever forget. Those no, nights. they were magical professional. I was there moments. for all three nights. They yeah. were all amazing. Yeah. 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 No doubt. They were purely magical moments. There's no doubt. Matt, we have um we have a fourth co-host that unfortunately has been a little busy recently because he's hosting a show on A and E. It's called uh, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. Uh, oh, okay. He's on NXT these days, so he's he's a little bit busy and not able to do the show quite as much as he used to be. But he is now like finding his way into this collector world that he knew right. nothing about before sure. any of this started. It was not his world, um, and getting to track all these things down. If if you, you know. Maybe there would be some gimmick infringement involved in this, and that's a different conversation for a different day. But if you were able to track down anything, what is your white whale as a collector? Are we talking like figures or wrestling Any, memorabilia? Anything at all. Anything. Anything memorabilia all. can be figures. Yeah. Too. I mean, if we're going to talk figures, it's something that I don't even know if it exists. Uh, the, the Hasbro wrestling figures that were out in the early uh, to mid-90s the last set was canceled and it was rumored for years. Um, and then, you know, because of the internet, like 20 years later, we found the, the drawings to these guys and we later found the heads, like the sculpted heads to these guys. And one of those guys was big daddy, cool diesel. Nice. Uh, I, I own the artwork in my collection. I own the head, but if there is a hand painted prototype of that figure out there, that would definitely be, you know, my white whale, but we don't know if it even made it to that stage. And okay. As for, as for like memorabilia, I guess not that I, I regret not stealing something, but I wish I would have taken or lost that intercontinental title that I held. And I wish I had that real one. You know what I'm saying? I wish something could have happened to that. And right. Where'd it go? Guys, I don't uh, know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's cool that I have the, the replica hanging in my office, but it would have been really special to have if it was the real deal. Yeah. The one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do want to ask you, like, in light of in light of what we've been what we've been watching on that show and 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 all the stuff that people collect and the fact that people have all this stuff from wrestlers from over the years. Personally, as as someone who's been in the business for a long time, do you keep all of your stuff, or do you give it away? Like your you gear, know, auction yeah. it off, like all your all so, your gear over the years. For, for so long, I kept all of my gear, and then I'm I'm a very listen in wrestling in this business. There's only a couple things you can control. I've said this before. It's your your uh, your physique. No one's going to tell you you can't work out, right? It's your it's your attitude. No one's going to tell you tell you, you can't have a good attitude, you can't be happy, and it's your gear. No one's going to tell you you can't have good-looking gear. So I would always have so much gear. Like, even if I wasn't in a prominent spot, like, on the roster, I still, like, treated it like I was and I had so much gear. And it got to a point where it was like, what am I doing? with? The, I'm never going to wear this again. And some of this has, like, no sentimental value. Some of this I don't even remember wearing. So I started selling a lot of it, especially when we – 
uh, got released last year. I was like, well, I'll never wear this again because that's like Zack Ryder and stuff. Yeah. So I, I sold a good portion of it. But with that being said, there are certain things that I would never get rid of gear-wise that are priceless to me, You know, whether it be the gear when I won all those titles or just random things that I put a lot of effort into designing. Uh, so I do have all the sentimental gear. But like, you know, if I wore it for a couple of months or at a random show, I, you know, nine times out of 10, I, I sell it, man, man, you ever, you ever regret any of that? You ever, is there ever anything that you're like, crap, I didn't mean to sell that. Uh, as of now, no, but okay. who knows? If I, <laughs> who, who knows he doesn't know right now, right, but right, right. you're going to find right. out like somebody super famous was in the crowd and met you that night and like all that. You're like, oh, I wish I had that. So, that, that, so this, this is a funny story. So in Baltimore, the night I win that, that U.S. title, I had special gear made. I, I call it one-time wear. You know, like, you know, it's it's for one night. You're just going to – it's going to – and I, obviously I knew I was winning the U.S. title. Well, I didn't know uh, until, you know, I actually won it, but I knew that day I was going for it. And I had special gear, one-time wear, and, you know, I threw my headband not into the crowd because I knew I wanted to keep it. I threw it, like, on the floor, and I don't know if the fan reached over and grabbed it or, like, a stagehand threw it to the crowd thinking it was just, like, a merch, like, you know, headband. But long story short, I didn't have – I was so, like, devastated, like, like shit. Like I wanted that headband, <laughs> especially, especially because I won the U.S. title. So that's what is that? That's that's early December, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple weeks later, we're in Madison Square Garden for for a random house show. There's someone in the front row wearing the headband. Oh, uh oh. I said that's my headband, and and I like as like I think like as like Ziggler's coming out, whoever I was wrestling, I made a little deal. Like I'll give you this headband. If you give me that headband back. So I got the headband back. I got it. back. Oh oh my God. We were going to end up having to track that person down. (laughs) We were going to end up having to be like AJ right now. and track. Yeah. Most wanted treasure. (laughs) I I was wondering if that was going to get into like a home run ball negotiation, you know, how many, how many autographs. The the fan said, yeah, I'll take that headband plus whatever cash you have on you. Right. Right. <laughs> Something along those lines. All right, Matt. When you're at uh, Jimmy's, what's the go-to for you? What What's the What's the play? I know that uh, that you've made uh, quite a few appearances over the years. Uh, I mean, though, though, that crab cake. I mean, it's just you cannot beat it. You can't beat that crab cake. It's the best thing ever. Uh, we, we, you know, we've been going to Jimmy's for years, and it wasn't, you know, last year, last November. Uh, John, he, he's like, hey, you want to do a live show here? And we're like. Yeah, let, let's absolutely do it. Let's let how can we do this? Like, you know, with socially distancing and, you know, this is mid pandemic, but we figured out how to do it. And it was such a great show. Uh, I think the fans had a great time because they were seated at these nice tables. There's great food. It's not like at some bar or some bar food, you know? Yep. And for us, it was awesome because like we, our, our live shows, if you haven't been, it's it's not like just me and Brian sitting there with microphones talking for two hours. It's it's an event. We have we have run-ins, we have surprise guests. So we need to make sure these surprise guests are happy. Sometimes, literally, they're in like a, a basement where they're like pissing in a sink. This time they're at Jimmy's. <laughs> Jimmy's is so big. There's like a private bar. They yeah. have like a waitress and waiter back there. So they're like enjoy. They're loving life, you know. So it's the best situation for everybody. For us. Production wise, there's like a giant Tron behind us. There's TVs where everything syncs up to it. Uh, so it's just great for the fans. It's great for us. And it's great for our surprise guests. So when, when John hit us up about coming back again, we're like, oh, sign us up right away. Oh, no doubt. By the way, how has that been? How has that working that angle with Brian on Impact? The last, like that, that doing it a little bit differently this time, uh, knowing how close you guys are. How What was that like for you guys over the course of the last few months? 
Yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, we've been connected through our career, but very rarely have we ever wrestled. Yeah, so this this is our first real opportunity to have matches against each other, which is crazy because we, we broke into the business together, but it was always teaming. So it's been fun. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really and cool I, to see you guys. And I, I, don't, I don't care and I don't feel bad if I you know, punch him in the face for real. <laughs> right. The yeah. one time, all of the time that you've built up over, you can take it out on Yeah, the correct. These are the moments. These are the yeah. moments. All right, MajorWFPod.com. Go there right now. Get your tickets for next Friday night at Jimmy's. It's just going to be an amazing event. Matt, what else can we get plugs for? Social, website, everything. Go through the list. You've been amazing. Oh, man. I mean, there's so I, – I, I would take about a whole other – like you know, hold other hour. I gave all we, the we give so, it to you, by the way, we give yeah, it that. Not, don't forget. We love you. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the major recipe podcast, that'd be great. And, and come to the show. Uh, you know, we, we initially sold out in under a half hour before the tickets officially went on sale. Uh, so we had to open up more seats like general admission tickets. So uh, there is going to be the most attended major pod show we've ever had. Uh, and I will say it will be the craziest. The surprise guests are going to be crazy. We have a lot of crazy stuff planned. Uh, a lot of cool merch will be for sale. But it's it's a party. If you've never been to one of these shows, it is a party uh, and a great atmosphere. And now, you know, with the world opening back up, you know, like the social distance, we can all like just drink and eat and not be so worried about like hanging out with each other. And it's just a perfect place to do it at Jimmy's and stick around all weekend because, you know, Conrad and Jeff yep. Jarrett are going to be there. Yep. The good brothers. It's podcast Palooza. And I, I'm I'm glad that we're the first night. Uh, usually they say save the best for last, but the best is going first, baby. There you go. There you go. Matt uh, by the way, we, we forgot to we forgot to bring up one of the most important topics among the three people on this on this show. And we know Matt as well, which is what is the best boy band song? Mm, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Ho- Ho- Hosky by Zack Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. There it is. Matt Cardona. Yeah. We can't wait for next Friday night, man. Uh, thank you for taking the time for us this week, brother, and, and continued health and success to you as you go along. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you, sir. Great stuff. Appreciate Matt Cardona taking the time for us and get out to Jimmy's next weekend. Not just for that, but as he mentioned, uh, all the other shows, Podcast Palooza next weekend at Jimmy's should be a very fun time. All right, boys. Anything else we need to cover before we wrap up for the week? No. Okay, great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Let's get some plugs in. Uh, Aaron, we'll start with you. Uh, Check out vsonvson.com. You can hear us on iHeartMedia app. If you have Comcast, you can find it on the apps. And, of course, uh, watch or listen to the Nightcap, 10 p.m., 1 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m., 10 p.m., Pacific and uh, check me out on Twitter at the Aoster. I uh, I heard that there was a lovely Vison tribute to Mike Shashevsky that I think everybody should check out. I really uh, <laughs> I appreciated that. I don't I don't I'm sorry I don't know your talent. Your boy uh, Tim Murray sent it to me. I wish I knew who the talent was, but he did a wonderful job of reflecting on the totality of Mike Shashevsky's career, and I appreciated it a great deal. <laughs> I uh, I retweeted it this morning. Um, uh, Brandon, you got uh, some more shows you want to tell us about it? A lot more, and I don't even know what I've talked about in the past, but I'm, so I'm just going to throw some out there. Uh, we got Paris coming back uh, August 17th. That's a rescheduled date. Um, we've got uh, Pop Evil 
September 15th. I have seen Pop Evil at Ram's Head before. Oh, interesting. I, I want to say like on Father's Day one year. I had, a, I had a, a, <laughs> a girl that I knew from high school like wanted me to go to a Pop Evil show, and I was like, I got nothing else to do. I'll absolutely go. And they were, they were, they were quite good. I enjoyed them a great deal. Yeah, and, and uh, there's a guy, 0936, who's opening that show. is really buzzy right now. Okay. Um, Newfound Glory and Simple Plan, October 9th. We just announced Atreyu with a bunch of uh, other bands on November 17th. Tickets on sale Friday for that one. Uh, and uh, yeah, get the whole calendar at ramsheadlive.com or follow us on Twitter at ramsheadlive, on Instagram at ramsheadlive. I think we're announcing like five shows next week. Nice. Well, so. Nice. I like that. Keep up with it there. All right. Uh, um, I am at Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice of you to get your own Twitter account in. Nice of you to do that. Uh, of course, at AJ Francis 410 is how you follow him. Get your Hit Row merch. Um, mine. I do that bit where I forget to check the mail for like four days because, you know, it's the mail. And so it was really pleasant when I walked and I took my trash down to the curb last night. I, that's when I go check my mail and I'm like, oh, right, there's my shirt. I had almost forgotten about it. So that was I was uh, very happy about that when I got my shirt. Go get your uh, I would hit. I'd just like to point out that Aaron is the last of the three of us. to. It, it, yeah, it says it's uh, estimated delivery date from June 7th a to June 12th. A Aaron ordered a shirt on Friday night when we started shaming him. All right, uh, for uh, uh, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is how you find me. For uh, Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out. Show me the date.